Hey guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag podcast presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole Escobar. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back to Not Just a Hashtag Podcast. I am Nicole, your host, and I'm here as always with mental health counselor, Kristen Torres. Hey, Kristen, how are you? Hey, Nicole, good. Glad to be here again this week. I'm really excited to be talking about this stuff today. And we just want to remind you guys that this podcast is for informational purposes only. It doesn't take the place of advice from your doctor or your therapist, because very likely we may not know you personally. So we... We don't want to step on the toes or get in the way of what you're already working with, with the professionals in your life. So just glad you're here. We hope this really encourages you. Yeah. And, you know, this has been a fun couple of months doing these podcasts or these episodes for sure. So if you've been following along with us for the past two months, you know that we are in this three-part series based on the book Search for Significance. This is a book that was written by Robert McGee. And if this is your first time joining us, here's just a quick recap. So this book, Search for Significance, is a book that teaches how to be free in Christ and to know his love while no longer basing your self-worth on your accomplishments or your opinions of others. And I think we all struggle with this, no matter how... um, Christian we are, how unchristian we are, whatever faith we're in, we all struggle with the desire to be needed, to be loved, to, and to be seen, and, and to have the approval of others. And this book has really been a life changer for me. I read it truly every other year, once a year, because I think I make improvements. I think I, you know, move forward in this area and I do, and I I truly do, but then I'll read it and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm still struggling with that. Oh, okay. That approval addict is still rearing its head in many ways, you know, and here's how we combat that. And so that's what I love about this book. It doesn't just leave you and go, Hey, here's how, here's all the problems that you have. This book actually gives you answers to how you can find freedom and not be bound anymore. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, we're going to unpack lie number two, which says I must have the approval of certain people to feel good about myself. Now this lie results in a fear of rejection. So before we look ahead on how can we fix this or how does God answer this problem, I think it's so important that we always take a look backwards and ask ourselves the hard question of where does this this lie or this what is the root of this lie in my life? For some of us, this can be coming from having a dysfunctional family or the type of family that says in order to have our love and affection, you need to perform or you need to meet certain standards. 
For others, it could come from a bad childhood, maybe being bullied, a traumatic experience, or even being sexually abused. And if you're here, that's probably you, or it may be multiple of these things. And so what I have learned in life is that all of us have things that have happened to us along the way. And if we don't confront it, it will leave us bound. So for me, that was being sexually abused. And the moment I released the words and the moment I started to walk through healing and and recognize, hey, I was sexually abused, I was molested, I felt a sense of freedom. And what used to keep me bound and literally lip shut, like tongue tied, if I even tried to, to utter the words, it had it no longer had control over my life anymore. And I cannot express how empowering it is to to have something that used to keep you so like in chains, in bondage for many, many, many years that now is something that I use as fuel to help set others free and to give encouragement to others and to give hope to others. And again, if this is not where you're at, no worries. When you're ready, you'll know your time. I knew my time because it was made abundantly clear that I was taking over trees of hope and that I needed to use my story to be a light for others. But if you're not there, that's okay. And when you can find the courage, and it is something that you need to find courage for and you need to find the bravery for, when you're ready to do that, please uh, do it because it's so important. And and Kristen, I'm sure you're going to definitely want to jump in there and talk about how important it is for somebody to do it when they're ready to talk about absolutely. their story when they're ready. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, but I think it's such good encouragement to you, Nicole, and what you're saying. Um, yeah, the timing is really important on these things. Um, I think we've all had uh, one of those conversations, at least one, right. Where it's like, we ended up disclosing too much to someone where we, and it didn't feel good afterwards, right. Either too much or to someone we really didn't feel safe with, you know, either kind of combination of those things, it doesn't feel good. Right. And there's a reason for that. Um, and that's why timing, I think, and your audience, so to speak, is important. You know, there are some of us that are, you know, are going to, you're going to share your story and it's going to be with multiple people or even to a larger group of people like what you're doing, right? Or eventually it may be at that point. For some of you, it may just be telling that one person, that one person that feels safe to you. Um, that could be a counselor. It could be a close friend. It could be a spouse. I mean, it could be any of the two, it could be a family member that feels safe to you. And so, but telling your story is really important, but the timing is really, really key too. And pushing yourself to do something that you really don't feel ready for is just not wise. No. And so I'm glad that you mentioned that for sure, Nicole, to just what, you know, I think we have to, to walk our, our journey and it's going to look different for everybody. And that's the other part too. Like we can't look to the side and compare ourselves to someone else and say, well, they did it. Well, I better do it. You know, that's right. That's probably not a good way to, to, um, to pace yourself. Right. Yeah. And what I hope though does come out of these podcasts episodes is that when you listen, you're encouraged. And then when you're encouraged, you find the courage that you need to do what you, when you're ready to do it, when you're ready. Sure. And cause I, I know a couple of girls who actually 
said they've been listening for years and then they have just recently shared with somebody, right? So we we could be talking about these same type of things on season one back in 2006, 17 or whatever it was that we started, but they found the courage in 2022. And that's, hey, I love that. I wasn't ready when, until I was ready, bottom line. Exactly. Right. Then those simple statements, I'll laugh with when I'm talking with my clients about those simple statements like that. You're not ready till you're ready. You don't know until you know. I mean, those statements sound simple and potentially cliche, but at the same time, they're just true. And it's kind of, it's okay. It's just okay. So yeah, I agree with you, Nicole. I hope these things are really like listening to like you share your story. These podcasts are encouraging to you guys. Cause yeah, it absolutely takes courage. And I'm not so sure that anyone is going to be at a 100% confidence that this is my time to share right now. And I have no nervousness, like no anxiety surrounding that. Like, yeah, you probably will be nervous, but I think we all can probably um, understand that feeling of having peace and nervousness and anxiety at the same time. Oh yeah. Like I feel anxious about this. Like this is scary, but it, I, it feels right. 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 And like that. Yeah. And I think when you know that it's not right is when you have, um, when the, when the peace is like, it's like turmoil of like, cause there's been times where I have shared something like we just talked about where you said, you know, you share something with somebody and you, after you regretted it, usually before you're sharing you're you know, one of the things I I've been trying to do is ask myself, well, why am I sharing this with this person? And if it's to try to impress them or make them, you know, have compassion towards me or kind of like whatever, it's never the right reason. It's never, ever. But if it's because like in a moment, I think somebody could, could benefit from it or, you know, it could help them. Even if it makes me feel exposed, I'm willing to share. Right. But that turmoil kind of beforehand where you're like, ah, should I share this? Should I share this? If it's anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I'm nervous about sharing this, but I know it's the right thing walk in that. But if it's like, oh man, I really don't know if I should share this. Cause I don't know if this person trustworthy, then just, I would back off. Yeah. That's yeah. yep. That's sure. That's your instinct to like kind of showing you, you know, and I think a lot of times God works right there in your, in our instincts, that is our instinct, you know, telling us like something's off. Yeah. It may not be the other person. It may just be, it's not the right timing for us, but whichever way, I think it's really important to be listening to those in- instincts. And that will probably be a future episode, I would say. Oh, for sure. Talking about <laughs> listening <to> instincts. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So um, a little story, you know, I've been a parent now for a very short period of time, six months. So I do not share the story like as if I'm, you know, you know, the smartest, understanding, most wisest parent on the planet. But I, in this past six months, I have learned so much. Um, I see, even though his little personality is still developing, there's something that I see even at the youngest of ages. And that is we all crave attention and approval. So my little guy recently learned, you know, he's in the tub and he's learning how to splash in the tub. Well, when it first happened, I was like, oh gosh, there's water getting everywhere. I'm gonna have to clean this up. But then I was like, you know what? screw it. I was like, he's having fun. This is fun. I love seeing him so joyful. So I was like, oh my gosh, you're such a good boy. And the way he looked at me was like, 
I'm a good boy. And I was like, yes, you're so good. Well, after that, every moment I put him in the bath and from the moment I take him out of the bath, he's doing this splish splashing thing. Right. And so we always go splish splash, good boy, splish splash. So ever since then, you know, it's been a thing. Now he's been doing it outside of the tub because he's recognizing, hey, this makes mommy happy. This, you know, really gets her excited. Well, one night I was walking past his room and Raph was in there and I I, I knew I saw that he was like kind of awake or whatever. He's like wrestling back and forth, kind of crying. But then I walk by and I just let him see me. Right. Just so that, you know, hopefully it'll calm him down. Well, he did calm down for a second. I walked out and went back to bed and Raph was like, babe, he was doing splish splash all the whole time for 30 minutes. He was like with his hands. He's like, I couldn't get him to go back to sleep. Mm. So, and it made me think uh, he's doing that because one, I'm sure he loves the way that it feels because it makes him excited and he was happy. But at the same time, he wanted my approval. He wanted me to acknowledge him. He want, he he saw that I was seeing him. So he wanted to be like, look, mommy, look, this is the thing that makes you happy. And I'm a good boy. And so I believe no matter how young or old we are, we're just like that little child with the craving for acceptance or a hunger for approval. We all want to know, am I okay? Do you see me? Is what I'm doing good enough? Do I matter to you? And I think as humans, we have two things in common, and that is the need to be needed. We want to know that, you know, at at work, our friends, our family, or our spouse, that they need us. When I think about my friendships and one of the things where I go, what, what could be the root issue in some of my friendships is that I'm like, does my friend need me so much that they would be like, nobody would replace me? right? Like, am I replaceable in their life? And I think we all, all want to know, no, you're not, you're not replaceable, right? Like your friendship is so crucial to me. And I try to say that to my friends all the time, not like, Hey dude, you're so crucial, but like, Hey, like I appreciate you so much. Like you, gosh, that word that you just spoke to me came at just the right time. Or man, thank you so much. Thank you for being in my life. Cause I want people to know I need you. Right. And, and it, it feels good to be needed. Now, when people take advantage of that, that really, it hurts too, because it's like, okay, you're like taking advantage of my need for you. And I don't like that. That's not good. But then we also want to be known. And that is, do people see me? Do you friends, family, spouse, um, employer, do you see me? Do you see my hard work? Do you understand me? Do you, is who I'm trying to communicate who I am really coming out effectively, right? Because I hate being misunderstood. I hate it when somebody's like, they, they interpret me one way and I'm like, that wasn't my heart at all. I didn't had no intention of that at all, but they misunderstood who I was trying to be. And so this is why I think today's episode is so important because we need to remind ourselves that there is a God who looks down upon all of us and says, I see you, you are needed. You are irreplaceable. You are known and I'm proud of you. And we need to find a way to let God fill our hunger for approval and let God be the one who meets all of our needs, the good, the bad, the hard, all of those needs. 
and not allow humans to fill those places. So Kristen, how does this lie of I must have the approval of people to feel good about myself affect a person? Yeah, I think honestly, you've articulated it so well. I think it it creates instability in our lives, right? Because if we have approval one day and everybody's loving us, and and I think you're going to maybe even get into the social media conversation. I think that's one of the ways it's so apparent now, right? If we have the approval one day and you post something and everyone likes it, and it's like, okay, awesome. This is good. I'm on the right track. And how about if you get half the likes, no likes, no views, no whatever the next day? So what does that say about you if your um your view of yourself or feeling like you must have approval, like if that's a necessity for you, and then you see the tumultuousness of likes, no likes and so forth, like it's going to make, it's going to make you very unstable, right? Like if you need that and it's not consistent, then you're going to have a problem. Basically the bottom line is it's just, it's not, it's not a stable um, source to get that need filled. It's not a stable source, you know, and we come out needing connection, right? We come out as, as children, as babies, like needing connection, needing that approval. We, we are wired to have healthy attachment, you know, to our caregivers, you know, and to have that approval and have that reciprocal relationship where we are seen, we are understood, we are heard, our needs are attended to. And a lot of times I think when um, that attachment, that healthy attachment doesn't happen well, then I think it sets us up. I think for this, um, for this to get lopsided, for us to, for our need or craving, or even being kind of addicted to that approval, needing approval of other people, like it goes sideways because it didn't happen properly when we were younger. Um, No one had perfect attachment. You know, we're in a world that is imperfect. So none of us had perfect attachment growing up, but some of us had healthier attachment than others. And then things that end up disrupting that, you know, like we had talked about before, like um, abuse and and so forth, those things can disrupt that healthy attachment or those things can happen. And if you have healthy attachment and then those things are addressed properly, then they may not hurt the attachment at all. So we need healthy attachment. When we don't get that, we are more vulnerable for a situation like this to happen where we start looking for approval from other people and we need it in a way that is um, too big for any one person or group of people to fill. And again, I think it just sets us up for instability. Right. That That's a great, great point. And, you know, to further that social media conversation that we were just talking about, you know, I think that if we're all very honest with ourselves, this does rear its head every time we post, right? Like we ask ourselves, is this an IG worthy picture? Do I look pretty enough? And then when you don't get that many likes that maybe you got on a different picture, do you question, oh, I must look ugly or fat or did did something like not be attractive in that photo, right? Or you know, something that I saw myself doing is like, okay, well, I post on a Saturday and I know there's not enough, a lot of engagement on a Saturday as opposed to like a Tuesday. And I'm like, okay, that's your psycho. So what I'm getting at is that, that if we allow it to, it can, it can literally dictate to our hearts, 
here's your value and worth as opposed to, and that's why we need boundaries, right? That's why we need to go, Hey, this is a, this is a a sensitive thing for me. Um, and I, I find myself going down, um, like a little bit of a neurotic path on it. So what, what's the answer to that? What's the solution for me? Boundaries. And that is, So I don't now I'm very cautious about what I post, not because I don't want people to know about my life or or anything, but I I've taken time to deal with this. And I've said to myself, it's more important that I keep things private that are private that I want private. And I don't need to post every picture. So there's thousands of pictures in my phone with me and Raph or me and my, my babes and my dogs and stuff like that. But I don't post all of them online because I know that my motivation a lot of times is to show people, look, I've got it all together. Like, look how pretty I look in this photo, right? Like, oh, I just did my hair. Like, and I have done that. I have done that. And then, but I've noticed that I typically regret it after I do it. And I hate, I hate it. I hate the way I feel when I, when I'm like, when I'm basically posting for the need to like show off or get or or feel that approval. Yeah. For people. Exactly. To acknowledge the thing that I'm like hoping they're going to see, you know? And so this is also something I struggle with as a graphic designer, something that I, you know, it's a part of my job that I am, you know, it's, I create beauty. I, I create designs for people to look at and everybody's idea of what is pretty and what is not and what looks good is different. I'll send a design out to my other graphic designer girlfriend and I'll send one to um, a guy friend who doesn't have any graphic design background. I just like his style. And the one will be like, hate it. The other one will be like, love it. Right. And so what am I supposed to, you know, what I've had to ask myself is, but do you love it, Nicole? And so before Um, I send things now, I go, but where do you stand on this? Because really good. do yeah. not let their opinion of it shake you. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have the new design of our renew study is coming out. I love it. I, I cannot wait. I'm so excited for everyone to see it. Uh, it might not be everyone's taste. I know my husband, when he saw it, he was like, he was like, it's really cool. He's like, but it's not where I thought you were going to go. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I love it. I love it. So that's all that matters, but it's taken me time to get there. When I first became a graphic designer, if if I sent out something, I would crumble. If somebody said something negative about it, crumble, crumble, crumble. Um, You know, I know I'm not alone in this. And when most people post on social media, it's going to be the best part of their lives. You're not going to see the mess. You know, I'm definitely not going to be posting that picture of me going off on my husband for misspeaking something that I told him to say more clearly to, you know, make sure that it makes us look perfect or the time that I lost it on my family at a dinner one time, literally stormed out of a restaurant. I mean, how embarrassing, basically almost like threw plates at my family for stuff that I just did not, I said that I had forgiven them for. And yet with a few glasses of wine, boom, here it came out, right? 
so yeah you didn't post that picture oh no oh no 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 I had my family had to like come console me in the car and I was like don't talk to me I hate all of you but then the next morning I woke up and I was like okay I need a really big hole to dig myself into I wanted to die and thank god my family did not remember much of what took place not because they were drunk or anything like that but for some reason what I had experienced in my mind of the total freak out they didn't they didn't experience they didn't feel it so deeply right so mm-hmm. <laughs> thank god thank god that's but right. that was one of the moments in my life where I'm like that's not social media worthy you know yeah. definitely mm-hmm. not and so you know mm-hmm. but why is this it's it's because we post the best part of our lives because we want people to look at our lives and think we have it all together and maybe even in some way to envy us. I I I hate acknowledging that. Like, ooh, do I want people to envy me? You know, but yeah, there's a little bit of that in all of us. I don't care who how perfect your life is or how unperfect it is. We all have that. Yeah. So the question we all need to ask ourselves at this point is how much of my life am I seeking value and worth from what other people think of me? And if we're honest, we all could say that there's, that we are doing this in some way or another. And here's just a few examples to get you thinking. This could look like maybe somebody who's at work and they're a workaholic because they want people to say that they are the hardest worker at the job. I remember I worked at a place where I had over 250 employees and there was several people who thought that they should been in my position. And I know that was in the back of my mind with everything I did. So what did I do? I came in early. I stayed late. I made sure to be there. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. To every question that the bosses asked me, I went above and beyond in delivering notes. And so, you know, it, it became to a point where I was obsessed with making sure that I was approved by my boss. But what yeah. happens on the day, which it did happen to me, where my boss was disappointed in me, my worth was so attached to it that I had a full meltdown. And my poor husband was like, you need to not let this be such a thing to you, right? Like, but I was so brokenhearted. And I, I went in the next day and I remember my boss was like, can I talk with you? And I was like, I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired. And he was like, I know you. And I know that all night you were probably crying about this. And I just want to let you know, please, I'm not mad. I'm I'm upset that you didn't listen to what I said. Um, but I can understand how it could have been misunderstood what you, what I guided you to do. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that. And it I just misunderstood it. I was devastated. Yeah. yeah it took me like the whole day to get over that. And thank God he did that. And he has daughters. So I'm assuming he recognized like this girl needs to like let a load off. And he, he let me off the hook, but that's may great. I, may I just say too, I just, in that I think it's important to acknowledge sometimes we have to feel that devastation when we don't have the approval, right. Or when we feel like we haven't you know, it kind of, it's a little bit tied in with the perfectionism stuff too. Like sometimes we need to feel that devastation to realize the intensity of our need for that approval. Yeah. Like that a lot of times is our indicator, right? Like I'm sure you can compare that now, Nicole, and that that whole situation probably would not have gone down that way if it had happened now. 
No. Because you're in a very different place about this, right? Like you, you've really worked at this and you've had some healing and some growth in this area. So I just wanted to point that out because I think that was really important. Like you acknowledging that devastation. And a lot of times that shows us like, whoa, maybe this is something that's a little like, lopsided or overblown or something I need to look at more because I'm so devastated by it. And if I really take a look, step back, I maybe shouldn't be as devastated as I am. And that's not, it's not going to help to shame yourself. It's not that it's more like, let me look at this more. Let me reflect on this. What's really going on for me here. Yeah, no, it's, that's the truth right there is if you're willing to use those as learning opportunities and say to yourself and have good friends around you, cause that's, I brought that to Raf and I said, why did I freak out about that so much? And he, he was like this, it's because you take ownership of everything you do. It's a part of, it's the flaw of being a perfectionist, right? So being a perfectionist can really benefit a company really, right? Cause that person, you know, they're going to dot every I, cross every T, they're on it, right? But the bad side of it is that that person oftentimes takes on every detail if every if something fails. They don't know how to separate. And I know that that's me. And I took, I took time to ask myself the hard question of what is the root of this? And truly this um, came, that situation happened before I had walked through healing at Trees of Hope. And mm when I had walked through healing and I got to the chapter that talks about this, where it's like some, there's some traits that sexual abuse survivors have in common. And one of them is perfectionism. That one was a major eye opener to me because there's a whole chapter basically on these, these traits and you dive real deep into the roots of them. And where did this start to show their its head? And one of the things that came out of it was, it was the root, not only of me being sexually abused, but also when I was bullied at school. And when I was, um, when I was, or in my own mind, when I told myself that I was on the ball doing a great job, people liked me. And when I wasn't, I was like lazy or whatever. Well, people don't like people like that. So I became this person that almost, you know, was unrecognizable to myself because I got so intertwined with, well, if, if I'm approved by people, I'm liked. But we're going to talk about that. And actually, let's get into that, which is that oftentimes is being done because we fear rejection from people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how disingenuine is that to have that type of mentality of I'm doing this only because I don't want people to reject me? Oh yeah. Right. It's so true. When we're coming from a place of fear of that, fear of it, really anything, then I think we can, we can be really inauthentic. We're going to say yes to things we probably shouldn't be saying yes to. We're going to say no to things we probably shouldn't say no to. Like it's all lopsided. We don't, we, I think we lose touch with ourselves really in a lot of ways. Right. Because we just become, like you said, that yes person. Like right. you were saying with your bosses and everything at that time, yeah. you know, that you just like, no problem. Yes, yes, yes. Because you wanted to make sure you were always approved, right? You, it, it was, uh, and I think the key in the, all this too, is that, that word must, I must be approved. In other words, it's okay to say, I like being approved by other people. I prefer being approved by other people. Like, I think those things are human. 
like to, I don't think the answer to this is to go to the point of like, I could care less what anybody ever thinks about me. I don't think that's realistic. I think we're always going to care to some degree, but it's the, I must be approved that sends us into dysfunctional um, patterns of thinking and behaving because then at all costs, we have to like feed the must. Mm, that's good. Right? Yeah. And if, yeah. And it, but if we allow that word and that shift to happen, right. And that's doing some of that really like deeper work of reflecting on what's really going on for me here. Where am I hurt? Where have I been so hurt that this, this turned into a must rather than I prefer, I like, like, those are honest things. Again, that doesn't, I don't know that that needs to change. It's the, I must be approved that sends us into spiraling, right? Because we then, if we must have something or experience something, then what happens when that doesn't happen? And we spiral, right? Right. That sends us into dysfunctional patterns of behavior and thinking. That's really comforting actually to know is that if you're in the I must category, you can actually work into the I like being I like being approved by people category. And that could be a marker for you of like, Hey, cause as you were saying it, I was re- recognizing, okay, you know, I don't work with staff as much as I used to before. So I don't know if it's must or like anymore, but then I was thinking, okay, well, how about when my husband does something or, or how about, um, a donor or somebody who I look at as influential, like I love it when they approve of me, right? Or I love it when a donor's like, hey, boom, here's donation. But is my worth attached to that? And and not anymore, right? Like if a donor passes us up, which happens all the time, um, I don't go, oh man, that's because of me. They did that because of me, as opposed to before I used to. Now I can say, I well, failed. Yeah. Rejecting me. Right. Right. So tell us, why are you able to, to have the confidence now that it, okay, no problem. It's, and that's a boundary. That's confidence. That's no longer having that must. What makes the difference for you? Why are you able to be confident? Even if someone, so to speak, rejects, says no. Well, I think this is something that I do for myself, but talking out loud is really important to me. Um, And that is the language that I say to myself and the narrative that I feed myself is really what I'm going to live by. So I, in the past, I would maybe say something like, oh, they definitely just don't like you. They definitely did not like you. Right. But now I'm like, hey, that's, that's, if they are saying that they don't have it in their portfolio or they're not able to afford it right now, that's on them. That's not you, girl. Like you, you're doing it. You are really, really doing a good job. You're really, you're, you're, you're putting the work in. And when the right donor wants to be a part of this uh, for that specific project or whatever, they're going to come alongside you and support it. It's not your worth. Your worth is not attached to that. So saying those things out loud to yourself has really helped me. Yeah. And, but, and also, but, and I think, underneath that that's like the everyday right so underneath that i think it's because you know that you are approved by god amen that there has right i know and because i know that i know you and you know um and so i know what you believe as i do and i so i know that confidence comes from knowing 
in a very deep way. Like I am accepted. I am loved. I am approved for by God and I am imperfect yet. I am accepted and loved and approved and not rejected by him. In fact, there's a verse that talks about when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Like that. I remember how impactful that verse was at some point, like when I would hear it, I'm just like, that is astounding. None of us, or I would say very, very, a very small amount of us would go and invite someone to our, have dinner at our house in the middle of them doing something terrible or talking about us terribly. Right. Right. We're not going to do that. No, no, no. Like no way. I don't want them anywhere near me, but yet that's in essence what the Lord did for us while we were yet sinners in some of our darkest moments or worst choices that we had, Christ died for us. Like, he chose us knowing the full picture of who we are. So that I think is our ultimate, like when we, when you believe that to be true in your life and the Bible says it's true, when you believe that to be true and you accept that as truth. And actually, amazingly, even if you don't accept that as true, it's still, still true. true. I know. Right? I love that. <laughs> I know. Right. Cause it's not based on us you know, accepting and like making it true. Right. But when we, you know, accept this as truth, like for, for us, um, wow, does it, can it really change things? Because it's like, at the end of the day, if I know I am okay with the Lord, he loves me. He approves me. He has not rejected me despite my imperfection. Then. Okay. Like, because there are times in our lives when that may be the only approval that you have. Right. Really. Yeah. There, no, because everyone around you, right? right? Gives up on you. Everyone around you. Disappoints you. Yeah. And we cannot, can, we have to be cautious about who we look to vertically for what only horizontally can can give us which vertically is humans and horizontally is what only god can give us only god only god can give us that reassurance that forgiveness that love that need that you are needed you are worthy you are desired and and no matter how many times a human tries to give that to us it may not be good enough it may not satisfy the need that we have So yeah, I love that you said that. That actually is the answer to the approval addict. It's called God's reconciliation. It means that we go from being enemies of God to friends of God. And when we know this, and when we know, and how do we become friends of God? We become friends with God only through what Jesus has done on the cross for us, through his forgiveness of our sins. And so because of that, He has made us worthy of God's love because he's taken our brokenness and replaced it with his goodness. And honestly, that is the greatest thing that we could ever, ever ask for. And it's the greatest thing to rest our identity in and to get our approval from, hey, God approves of you. Hey, that donor doesn't want you. God approves of you. Hey, that boyfriend doesn't like you or that ex-girlfriend or whatever. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves you right? That employer fired you. Jesus still loves you, right? And it's saying that out loud to yourself, Jesus still loves me. He sees me as good. He sees me. Why? Because Jesus is good. And he replaced my, my, my identity with his identity. And so now God only sees that who Mm -hmm. Jesus is in me. I'm a new creation. 
Amen. So that was a lot to unload on you at the end. I know that we kind of went quickly through it, but really there's not much more that needs to be said on that. I know it's it's like, oh, it's so simple, but it's not so simple at all. Um, but what I really want to do is leave you with that, what we just talked about. And if you could go pray, ask God, hey, what does reconciliation mean between me and you, God? And and I, if you need that, ask God for it. Ask God to reconcile you with him. And, um, I I would love to see what God does with that, with that, um, with this, you know, approval addict message, ask God, Hey, am I, am I in this? Am I an approval addict? Are you, are you upset with me or, or do I need to grow in this area? Is this something that I need to grow in this area? Or is this something I need to let go of? And I promise you, you pray honest, open prayers like that. God will show you somehow, some way, Mm -hmm. how that bond and how that, how that, um, those chains can be broken in your life. I was just going to say, yeah, and his grace is amazing. He's so patient with us in these processes. And in this process of healing and understanding and wrestling with these things. So please, you know, I know Nicole, you're going to just say a little bit more. Just, I, I hope you guys are encouraged by that too. Like, in other words, it's not a matter of like, Hey, I don't, I do not think the Lord talks to us in a way of like, listen, I said that, what the heck is your problem? How could you not believe it at this point? Like he says that he is long suffering with us. So yeah. he hangs in there. He is patient and yeah. he has no problem. Like, as you wrestle through this, because sometimes this is really hard to believe based on like what your life has looked like, you know, um, but it doesn't make it not true. Right. Amen. And so we hope that this episode blessed you. We hope that it challenges you. We hope that it grows you into a deeper relationship with God. So thank you so much for being here. We love you guys. And we will see you next time on episode 54. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe even consider rating the podcast or share it with one of your friends. It really makes all the difference. For more content from Trees of Hope and to connect with us, go to treesofhope.org. We love you. Bye.